Hey, how are we doing tonight, y'all? Good? Good. Awesome. Well, hey, uh, if you have been with us this semester, you know that we've been doing a study called Loveology, looking at what the Bible has to say about love, marriage, romance, sex, dating, all things relationships this semester. And like we've talked about for the past few weeks, um, we're going to wrap up um, this semester in the Loveology series uh, with some fantastic married couples uh, from our church that I am so excited for y'all to get to hear from tonight. Um, you may know some of them. Um, uh, some of them you may not know, and I hope you'll get to know them a little bit better tonight. And they're all amazing people. Um, I actually realized that all three of the guys are deacons. I didn't plan that, but y'all are... Of course I meant to choose all deacons, right? <laughs> yeah. Um, but, uh, but yeah, so I want to introduce them really quickly, and then um, we have some questions to ask. Uh, many of the questions are going to come from, from y'all. Uh, you've already asked them. You're not asking them now. Um, we may have some time at the end for Q&A. We'll see. But um, many of y'all have texted in questions for our married couples tonight, and so we'll ask some of those. Um, but I want to introduce our couples really quickly so you know who they are. Um, we're going to begin... We're going to go down here and make our way back. Is that okay? Y'all, y'all didn't sit in order of, of age. Y'all really messed <laughs> Very true. Oh, yeah, we're going to need that wireless mic. Thank you, Noah. Um, okay, so down here, we have Jacob and Hannah Reed. Um, they actually make me feel really old because they were part of the college ministry when I first started here. But, sorry, they were, yeah, well, when I started, you were here, and you were here before me, yes. Um, but they're amazing, uh, great people. Excited for you to hear from them. They're kind of representing the young married couple age tonight. Um, <laughs> here in the middle, we have the experienced married couple. Yeah, that's a category. They're experienced. They are knowledgeable. Yeah, this is Lenny and Donna Holbrook. Um, I was in, uh, we, had, we were in a life group together for a long time, and they are fantastic people. I'm looking forward to hear from them. And then we have Melanie and Brett Shoemake uh, here as well. I'm not sure why I switched from going guy, girl, guy, girl. I don't know why I did that. But anyway, but they're awesome. And their kids are here tonight, I think. I think some of their kids are here. I saw Matt ran slides tonight. Is Matt here right now? Yeah. Okay, okay cool. Yeah, he ran slides and he did amazing. Like, he's going to become our new slide guy for every week at college, whether he knows it or not. So, um, but yeah, so great people. Looking forward to hearing from them. Um, and so I'm going to go ahead and stop talking because this is not about me tonight at all. And I want to go ahead and begin our conversation. And what we'll do is this. We'll just make our way down with the microphone and then we can even baton it back between each question. And um, I'm, you know, I'll, I'll let y'all decide who wants to talk as much. And, you know, that's up to y'all. That's part of the experience tonight is y'all figuring out who gets to answer more. So, um, okay. So first question is the inevitable question you have to ask when you have a marriage panel. It's how did you meet? All right. You don't have to give us the full, you know, romantic spiel, but give us just a brief story of how you met, started dating, got married, things like that. For you, brief. Yeah, for you, the brief version. We met at co- college Bible study. Man. One sentence. Wow, I didn't mean that brief, but okay. That's why I asked how brief. Hannah can be more elaborate. Ditto. <laughs> wow, we're going to be done real quick tonight. Yeah, that, that, that is true, yeah. Yeah, that's true, the answer should be the same, I hope. You can if you want to. It was at the Habriel's house who later employed me, so I really appreciate them <laughs> for two reasons. As you should. <laughs> All right. Well, our first question is, um, do you want our first meeting or our second, Kyle? You need to tell both because they're both good stories. <laughs> do you just know one of them? Well, okay, our first one was our Mothers were roommates at the hospital when we were born. 
So we actually slept together at a very young age, and we do not recommend that. We do not recommend that. Okay? Just get it out there. Yeah, I asked for that one. The funny part is that we didn't know each other until like 16 years later because I grew up on the mountain. I was a mountain boy, I guess, country boy. And she was a city girl from the big city of Fort Payne, Alabama. So anyway, uh, but we went to different schools. So in, in ninth grade, uh, she had made the comment, I've heard, or she's told me later that, uh, she didn't really want to talk to the folks that lived on the mountain kind of thing. She, if they wanted to know her, they'd come see her. Anyway, so, but in 10th grade, we met uh, and and had our first date. And now, this is a question. In the year that man landed on the moon for the first time, do anybody know what year that was? 68. 69. 69, yeah. So 69 was a great year. So that was our first date. So that's how we met. And, but we were high, high school. High, yeah, high school classmates. And it, it really was a miracle because our four years of high school, you know, you've got all your English and math and history and social stuff. All these classes that you have different people in, I was in one class with Donna the whole four years, and that was an English class that decided the other cl two classes were too full, so they made a third one, and we got picked to go in that one. So that was the, that's the odd thing, but... A good thing, right? Um, <laughs> I had been dating someone for about... <laughs> this is my little ninja. Can I help you? What? Okay. Um, I had been dating... I had been dating someone for about four years, and we had just broken up, and... Um, one of my best guy friends forever, I guess, kind of thought he might want to date me. And so I went out with him, and he was like, let's go by Brett and Chad's house. And Yeah, so I went to Brett and Chad's house, and that was it. <laughs> I did not know that. But... Yeah, well, he made a... He acted like a jerk that night. He was acting like just... He was trying to be smooth, and it just was not working. And... Well, he was very cute, so I just kind of overlook all that, and then we met like a couple of days later, and that's all she wrote. That's the same answer. Okay. He concurs. Brett concurs. I love it. Man, I'm learning new things tonight. This is great. All right, so um, kind of take it. Oh, I, I know it's going to exceed my expectations. I have no doubt about that. All right. All right, second question to go with that. Um, so when did you know that you wanted to marry each other, and how did you know it was the right time to get married? Um, you know, I, I had dated some girls before, and, you know, if we had an argument or anything like that, and, you know, we decided to go our separate ways, really no sweat, I didn't worry about it. But every time we had any kind of disagreement, like, I, I didn't, I didn't want to let that go. So... I knew right there that she was the one I needed to marry. So He put that, up with me. That was the first awe of the night. That's, you, that's, you got how, the first I, that's one. how I knew I, I needed to marry him is because he put up with me. And I will just throw this in there. When we got married um, at our rehearsal dinner, 
probably 15, 20 people gave toasts. And every single one of them told him not to marry me, including my mom and dad. And my daddy was like, you can't bring her back. Like, once once she's gone, she's not coming back. So Brett was like, "Um, I really don't know if I should do this tomorrow. (laughs) I'm glad he did. (laughs) Well, I don't know if anybody's talked about their age, but Don and I, we didn't get married when we were 16, uh, even though I guess there were people in in our area that did. Um, but uh, we did get married fairly young. Our, when we were 20, we felt very mature and very had is that uh, going back to the first date with Donna, I was not a Christian at the time. Donna was. We were 16, uh, went to a sports banquet. So in just a few weeks after that, she invited me to a church revival and uh, and a number of other things just just... Christian people within our school system, teachers and students, uh, got me to realizing I wasn't really a Christian. I went to church out on on the mountain, but anyway, so we had a lot of really great Christian influences uh, as young people, and then uh, as we got uh, older at twenty. But you know, we just felt like uh, we were ready, and we had dated for seemed like forever, right? Four years? Yes, yes. And I knew that Lanny was it. Um, Had prayed about it. God had just shown me that Lanny was the person I would spend the rest of my life with. There was just no doubt he was it. And so um, we were so mature at 20 that... (laughs) You know, that we knew we we would make it. We would be fine. So we got married. Even though I think there were some doubts among our family. (laughs) Because they didn't think we were mature. (laughs) You worked out. You you, you turned out okay. Thank you. You're welcome. Thank you. (laughs) I'm much more mature now. All right, so I have a bit of, I have a serious answer, but the first time... Those were serious answers. No, no, I'm about to give what sounds like a stupid answer, and I'm trying to justify myself before people think I'm stupid. Okay. No, no one thinks you're stupid, Hannah. Thank you. This, have, this is I'm a welcoming, affirming a place. Okay. Okay, so my serious answer comes from something that wasn't super serious at the time, but it was the first time that I really started thinking about our relationship in this way. And I can't remember if you're still working at Starbucks or not. Yes. But No. no get your story straight. I was not. Okay. So we'd been dating for like six months at this point, and Jacob may or may not have been working at Starbucks, but he came to my apartment after being at Starbucks. And he said, hey, I saw this matching mug set, and I thought it was really cool, so I bought it, and it's going to stay over here now. And... Yeah. I thought, wow, this guy is really serious buying a matching mug set to keep at my place. <laughs> I was like, does he think we're going to share a kitchen or something? But then I was thinking about it. I was like, he probably does. Yep. And <laughs> I wasn't that bothered by the thought, um, which was really cool. But there were a lot of reasons I wasn't super bothered by that. Um, there were a lot of things at that time where I really saw kind of the Lord bringing us together, both in where we were feeling called to go in life and the things that 
we kind of thought about and the things we were passionate about and the things we agreed about. And um, I, we had, hadn't been dating for super long at that point, like five or six months. Maybe that long. But at that point, I could see our trajectories kind of going together. And by the time we finally got engaged, like six months later, <laughs> I was definitely pretty sure at that point. So, <laughs> dropped a few hints. As was most of the um, so it's actually amazing to me how many similarities there are between what I'm going to say and what Brett and Lanny combined said. Um, so we, we had been friends for quite a few months before we started dating. When we met, Hannah was not a Christian yet. She became a Christian after being part of our friend group. Okay. The first time he ever texted me a sup was the day I became a Christian. I don't know if it's intentional or not, <laughs> but I think it's a sign. Was that literally it? Like, sup? I do not remember this. <laughs> we can probably find that somehow in the archives of text messages. Anyway, before we started dating, we had been friends both before Hannah was a Christian and afterwards. And so one of the things that initially drew me to her more than just a friend, other than how easy it was to talk to each other and interact with each other was just the way that she grew and grew in the Lord and pursued the Lord. And so like Brett, I found myself wanting to work through issues and not just give up. Right. So like there was that, even if it was something really serious, that could have been a deal breaker. Like I want to push through that and figure it out. Um, I don't know a specific time when I realized that I wanted us to be married it didn't take super long. I think it was only like four months, actually, of us dating. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. Um, I was fairly confident when I bought your, our engagement, your engagement ring. And then very confident four months later when I proposed to you. So there's that. <laughs> it's to warm it up. So I don't, know, I don't know if that really answers the question. But I mean, the main, the main thing was, is this someone who... We have similar goals, not identical, but like we can work together. Like Kyle's talked about in the series, like our trajectory is the same. We're on the same path. We're not opposed to each other. And do we get along? Do we have fun together? That kind of thing. Thank you for affirming my messages. I appreciate that. So, I'm really surprised you didn't mention when you learned that Hannah owned a Lego Millennium Falcon. And that was like the, the initial time you thought she was awesome. See, that, didn't, that wasn't when I knew I wanted to marry her. That's when I knew that she was cool. There you go. So was that, that, was, that was the thing. Hannah and Jacob have an incredible Lego collection, by the way. You, you, you have not beheld a collection like theirs. It's amazing. So, all right. So, next question. All right. So, speaking of, of dating for a minute, this is one question that guy asked that I think is good. Um, what are some ways that you recommend keeping God at the center of your dating relationship to make for a stronger marriage? Um, thinking back to what we actually did. So, when we were students uh, at the university, like undergraduate students, we would often meet each other on campus between class for lunch, and we would study the Bible together. I don't know. I don't remember how often it was, if it was every day or once or twice a week, but we'd eat lunch and study the Bible. So I think we went through Ephesians or some, or Philippians, Philippians and Colossians. And so focusing on letters that are Christ-centered so that we're making sure that that's our focus rather than necessarily each other. Uh, although we obviously were focused on each other, but um, trying to make maintain 
our relationship with Christ as the supreme thing in our lives, making sure that we're not replacing that with anything. Yeah, so I really appreciated when we were dating the emphasis on reading scripture together and praying together. But I think one thing that was really important for me and is in our marriage as well is like personality-wise, I can be a follower really easily. Like um, I'll go along with things that you suggest most of the time. Mm -hmm. And so a big part of maintaining a Christ-centered focus for me is not just to have that as part of our relationship, but have, like, my own relationship with God as well. So not relying on, like, us spending time in the Word together, which is cool, but also making sure that I have my own time in the Word. Um, Otherwise, it's almost like another part of something I do with you rather than something I do with God. And so I really enjoy doing Christ-centered things with you, but I think it wouldn't be nearly as meaningful or as strong unless we didn't also have our own like personal relationships with God outside of our relationship with each other. I'm just going to agree with what they've said. (laughs) Seriously. (laughs) It's against the rules. Okay. uh, (laughs) Yeah. Um, Yes. 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 And... We, we have well, trouble remembering back that far when we were dating. <laughs> right? That was remember yeah. a while back. We, um, to keep Christ in the center of your dating, to keep him in the, as the main emphasis, to um, make sure that you are not focusing so much on the person that you're dating that you lose your focus on God. So that's that's just to me a big thing. I think I'm, part of the answer is what I'm seeing tonight with you guys here and, and Kyle and uh, you seniors of talking about, you know, you, you shared some of the things that your your experiences has been as far as a Christian and how God has strengthened you. So we had, we did, we had a lot of great mentors, uh, many of them uh, just a few years older than us. Uh, some of you may know a name of Bobby Welch. Uh, he was uh, in our high school teaching, and he started at like at 7 in the morning. Hey, if you want to come meet at the steps of the ag building, we're going to have, you know, a little worship time on campus. Of course, back then, I don't, that wasn't against any rules. Anyway, so um, we had, you know, just a great community of, of support. So, so it made it quite easy for us. to. And I don't think that our parents ever said anything about, well, y'all, be, y'all can't go the here or can't go there. They just, they just knew, they, they trusted us at that time. Yeah. Even in high school, we were. Well, we're a little different. Um, When we started dating, we were both in the party phase. Um, So yeah, we weren't we weren't towing the line very well at all, which I don't recommend. Um, But after we got married, we were we dated for nine months and we're engaged for nine months. And after that, one of his cousins. And his wife came to us, and 
wanted to do a newlywed Bible study with us, and it was all the, um, what do you call it? Oh, the love gifts. You know what I'm talking about? Thank you, love languages. Um, And that's really how we learned a lot about each other more deeply than what we had been doing. Um, Yeah. Um, she actually uh, got me more involved in church because she she brought me here, and uh, we started going. And I actually forgot to mention when you said we met, um, I actually prayed to find her. I didn't know who I was praying for, but uh, I was just kind of lonely, you know. And uh, I just stepped out on my porch one night and just gave like a really heartfelt prayer. And it was like a month later, she showed up. And then when she mentioned going to church and everything, I just, I really felt like, uh, you know, he was sending her to me. And I was like, well, this, you know, he brought her here to me, so I'm, I'm going, I'm following her wherever, wherever it goes. So, but, uh, but yeah, so we kind of found God together, you know. But yeah, our cousin, my cousin doing that really, really kind of helped strengthen our relationship. That's awesome. All right. So another question that people asked was, I'm going to rephrase this from what I sent you just to clarify it more. Um, But how do you work as a team to accomplish just kind of normal things in life? Things like, you know, paying the bills, shopping, just how do you kind of work as a team to accomplish what they would call adulting? You know, if I can use that phrase. Uh, Well, we have three children, uh, 13, 11, and nine. Um, They're all involved in activities. 13 now? Wow. Yeah, she just turned 13. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Um, and so the girls do dance, which requires a lot of, (laughs) (laughs) yeah, yeah. Um, which requires a lot of coming and going and, uh, Mac does karate and, you know, so we just have to figure out, uh, we just have to figure out who's going where at what time. I mean, we're literally like just a two man team, you know, that gets people where they need to go and, uh, I pay all the bills, but we joint checking accounts. Got to do it. Can't do separate joint joint uh, separate checking accounts. I don't recommend it. <laughs> yeah, but um, and you know, so I, that's kind of like I'll take that on. We split the housework. I mean, you just got to respect the other person, and you can't put too much on them. You know, if you see them, they're tired or you got too much going on, you just got to jump and just like get a job i mean really you know you just got to get in there you can't let somebody do it all by themselves so she may feel <laughs> no i think we've always had one pot to pee in pretty much for the whole time we've been together um and i think that's partly too because we have kids um i don't know how we would do it otherwise It'd be like yeah you pay for dance this month i'll pay for this i mean that just really wouldn't wouldn't work that well. So if it's like an ex, a big expense, and when I say big, I mean like usually like $50. <laughs> Be like, hey, Brett, I need to go get so-and-so, you know, and then we'll just talk about it or whatever. Yeah, it's annoying, but if, you, if we had plenty of money laying around, we wouldn't have to worry about it. But like I said before, the girls dance, so there's no extra to pass along to anybody. <laughs> Mary just went. <laughs> 
I'm not sure when people started saying this. I know our granddaughter once time said, I think he's my soulmate. And I don't know that if that's still, that, that may be still a thing. And, I, and I'm, I'm not saying, I don't think there's nothing wrong with that. I just, I don't know that Don and I ever felt like, you know, we're soulmates, but, you know, we are best friends. So that makes, that makes, uh, getting along with uh, even when we had differences of opinion about how to spend money or or how to, you know, take care of this house payment or whether or not to take a loan out for a car, those kind of things. But they were always, pretty much, they were always done with us communicating and saying, okay, what do you think or what's the downside or what's the upside? So it's it's still all about the communications. I want to tell you one other thing. Uh, we just retired in December, both of us. So, yeah. So, uh, and we were able to take a a trip uh, this uh, this fall. Which the bad part was is during football season. But anyway, but we we managed to work that out, didn't we? Four national parks. So we were moving, and and but it was and uh, but what we realized even during that we had never you know been. In a, and we were in a converted uh, Ford Transit van, which means it's short, room for a five foot eleven person to lay in the back with a mat on a mattress. So it was a step above a tent, but we 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 enjoyed that, and uh, we realized that even at the end of that, hey, we've just spent twenty seven days together, and uh, Donna said. Are you ready to go again? I said, yeah, but, but not during football season. We've never, we're like Brett and Melanie. We don't have a your money, my money. It's our money. Um, we do one account. We've seen a lot of couples that have, a, and y'all may. I mean, we've seen, no. We have, we have one bank Yes, yes. We've seen, we've known through the years a lot of couples that have a your account and my account, and you pay for this and I pay for that. Um, a lot of those couples are no longer together. Um, when you get married, you become one. It's not, you don't lose your identity. Those that know us know Lanny and I are different in personalities, but we are one. Our money is one. Our home is one. Um, What we do, we do as one. If Lanny enjoys doing something, if I'm okay with it, then we do it. If I enjoy it and Lanny's okay. movies. Okay, here comes the confession that I was hoping we wouldn't get to. Not a big Star Wars fan, okay? Lanny is a huge Star Wars fan. I didn't know that. that I wasn't. That she wasn't. That he was. Yes, I will go see the Star Wars movie if Lanny will buy me popcorn. Okay, it's a compromise. I love popcorn. If I can have popcorn, I'm happy. So, <laughs> well, I may. You know, we can refill the bag. So. But okay with it because I get popcorn. But um, these are the kind of things that you work out and you work together to figure it out. We're best friends. 
if if we're going to do something, we're going to do it together. And that's pretty much anything, you know. I mean, yeah, we go our separate ways at times, and he'll go, you know, play golf or something. But but if I can go drive the cart, I'll go, you know. <laughs> so, so, yeah, I love driving the cart. It's fun. <laughs> um, but but enjoy your your spouse needs to be your best friend. Your spouse needs to be who you want to do something with, not just somebody that's neat to be around sometimes. They need to be because once you get married, you're married, and and they need to be your best friend and who you want to be with, who you want to see, who you miss. That's what you're looking for, and that's why... We've stayed together for a little while. Also, I kind of love him. I feel like I should awe after that. (laughs) Um, So can I use like a really overused word, which I feel like, I don't know, I feel weird saying it, but communication. Put it out there. Um, So with a lot of things like living together handling finances. They're things that are really difficult to prepare for beforehand just because you're not in there until you're in there. Um, And so talking about it before we got married um, was really important for us. And especially the more we talked about it, the more I realized that, you know, we're both from Alabama, but our houses are completely different cultures in some ways. So, like, his family never eats out, and my family eats out every single night. Uh, My family, like, we enjoy family get-togethers at the holidays. His family enjoys buying all the things. It's really overwhelming. The stocking stuffers are grocery bags. Like, Aldi bags, not, like, Walmart bags. (laughs) And so those were the kind of things that, like, I really, in our home, kind of adjust and prepare for and realize that, what the norms were in our home didn't, weren't necessarily going to be the norms in our home, and we had to kind of talk about and compromise and decide what our norms were um, and kind of create our own baseline for what our household would look like um, in a lot of different ways with chores and just how things operated and money and all that and finding the right ways to talk about it beforehand were really helpful, so I'm stealing your answer. But, like, we did Dave Ramsey Financial Peace when we were engaged. And I won't say any more about that because I I saw your eyes say she stole my answer. (laughs) But it's good. You guys should do it. So to echo a lot of what has been said, um, we talk. We have one house, one vision, one mission, one goal, one financial plan that we, we talk we plan, we have those conversations together, um, and so we know what we're doing. And so a lot of the financial things, when you're on the same page, is they're actually really easy. Particularly if you're thinking about cars, houses, whatever. Like, if you are talking through what what is your general direction uh, in life, but also what do you want to accomplish, like, what do what do you what do you think you're working towards together? A lot of those answers can be a lot of those questions can be a lot easier to answer uh, than you might think. Um, 
Another thing that I want to, I think is important to, so with, I have a lot of ideas going on in my brain right now, so I'm trying to order them. Um, we did do Dave Ramsey's financial piece, which was honestly incredibly helpful uh, because it put us on, we, we, we had the same perspective when it came to money. We had the same opinions. And so it was really easy for us to be unified and to have actual productive conversations about money and finances without really getting um, upset about it. Practically, I handle most of it, but we still talk through it. Like at the very beginning, but even before we got married, we talked through this is what we want our, our money to look like. Um, think, can you repeat the original question at this point, though? <laughs> this has become like Jeopardy or like Spelling Bee. Um, what is how to adult? Yeah, please use that in a sentence. Uh, how do you work as a team to accomplish normal life things like paying bills, shopping, etc.? Right. So a lot of it also comes down to what time is available to us. And so some of this will change uh, throughout the years. Uh, I think they probably can speak to this a little bit more than we can. But like right now, Hannah is a full-time teacher and a full-time grad student. And so that greatly affects her time to do things like the dishes or laundry or cook food. And so sometimes that means that we have unequal loads, like in what we do at the house. But that doesn't mean that, like, we're not working together or we're not both taking care of our house. So, like, but, but in terms of simple things like that, that when you're in college, you don't necessarily always think about, like, oh, that's what it means to be adult, is you try to find time to do your laundry. Um, but like we can, we can work together and, and share that. Um, one other thing is that it's so like you're in college right now. You're taking four years of your life to prepare for the rest of your life. And so if we're thinking about being single or dating or being engaged, like whatever, that time period before being married is that. It is being prepared to live the rest of your life together. So it's not like you become married and now you need to make your plan for how you're going to use your money. Or now you can make your plan for what you're going to do together in ministry at Alberta. Like you should, thinking about talking and thinking about communication, that should be happening way before you actually put a ring on it, guys. Right? So, like, it's, it does, it's not like it just suddenly happens. It's, it's all the time. It's all the time. That's good stuff. All right, we've got two more questions that we'll do here. Um, Speaking of communication, and and, and. Uh, I've only I only now listen to Beyonce because of my wife. So there you go. <laughs> that was for free. That was for free. Yes. <laughs> All right. So another great question here: uh, What are things that married couples argue about, and how do you work out an argument with your spouse? It's a real talk, y'all. Um, All of our disagreements are about how we didn't communicate clearly. So, like, a lot of the time it's one of us will say something and the other person didn't understand it. And then when we realize that, we're upset that we miscommunicated. And then we miscommunicate about miscommunicating for about 30 minutes to two hours. And then we get over it. So, like, I don't know. I feel like this is not a normal experience. (laughs) But, (laughs) like, (laughs) that's what most of our disagreements are. And I think that goes back to having being unified in your relationship 
Like, is the, is the person you're married to someone you enjoy being around, someone who's your best friend, rather than someone who's just, like, a novelty, you know, to, I guess, put it... I don't even know what I'm saying right now. But, yeah, so, we, like, if you... I feel like when we communicate and put in that effort, then we haven't... It hasn't really been an issue for us at this point in our lives. But we also are the least experienced, so... I don't know. It, it it could it could be down the road. I don't know. Thank you. You're welcome. <laughs> um, so just to go off of what Jacob said, I think one thing that's useful for us is that um, even when we do have disagreements, and a lot of times they are about miscommunications. Um, it won't just end with the disagreement, and even like while we're arguing or upset, like, trying to really intentionally frame it in a, not a positive way, but a, like, how can we make this better kind of way, Um, and really trying to learn from our mistakes. So, like, one thing Jacob has learned about me is that plans don't exist until they are written in ink in my planner. And what I've learned about Jacob is, well, a lot, but the need to be really explicit, right? And so, (laughs) yeah, just understanding that, like, you can be frustrated in the moment and still love somebody and still want to know them better, I think can really help because through our arguments, like, I do know you better now. I know, like, what you care about and I know Mm -hmm. how to how to love you better now because of those things. I think that's all I have to say. You can have it back if you think of something I else. Will. Okay. I'll, I'll let you. Um, well, yeah, uh, in our lifetime. Well, yeah, no, I will tell you though that there was a couple in this church. Um, I'm going to tell you who it was. John and Carolyn Matthews. And, um, they would both tell you that they didn't have arguments because there wasn't anything worth arguing about with your mate. It made me stop and think when they shared that with us years ago. Um, but anyway, our arguments have not been on communication. They've been on when Lainey's not listening. It's you know, has nothing to do with communication. Uh, <laughs> no, um, our disagreements have been um, over petty things that weren't argue, weren't worth arguing over. Um, the the biggest thing that Lainey did to aggravate me was when we first got married, and you'll see what I'm talking about, is when he changed clothes, he left his socks in his shoes, and it drove me crazy because I had to go pull his socks out of his shoes to wash them, and that was really aggravating, and so I would say, please don't do this, and he just kept doing it, and I mean... I know, I know, but this was just one of those things that just drove me crazy, and and so I came from a family that yelled a lot, and so I'm like, why will you not talk to me about this? Are you not mad at me that I keep 
yelling at you about your socks? And he's like, no, it's not worth arguing about. He said, some things are, but that's not. And I thought, he's right. So when he puts his socks in his shoes still today, I take them out and wash them. But, <laughs> but you do have to realize, is this worth arguing about? If you're honest, most of the time it's not. But if you do disagree, don't let it fester. Talk about it. Because if you don't talk about this, then it gets worse. And the next thing is more aggravating, and it's more aggravating. Talk. Half the time, the spouse doesn't know it. So talk about it. Don't communicate. <laughs> I, did, I did go to uh, an audiologist. <laughs> so I've, uh, so yeah, I have it on record that I, I, I don't hear good, so... So, so, and so I do not have hearing aids yet. So, uh, I think I'm, you're still trying to get me to get some, right? You, huh? Just so I can tell you what to do. Okay. All right. <laughs> but anyway, uh, we've talked, and now I think the, the biggest things we did have disagreements on was, were things that involved our daughters, usually being allowed to do something or participate in this, or was that a good thing? And in in reality, I'm a little bit of a wimp when it comes to my daughters. You know, oh, let them have that. And 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 Donna saw, yeah, they needed more, a little more structure than I would probably offer. But anyway, those and I see, you know, there was definitely wisdom in the in the in the communications and the back and forth of of how we we saw and solved our problems. Um, back to the Dave Ramsey thing. We did Dave Ramsey. Did y'all do it? Yes. I thought y'all did. We did it after we got married. I would highly suggest doing that before you get married. I mean, it's it's a game changer. Um, what was the question? Oh, um, I can stay mad for days. <laughs> Don't mind, it doesn't bother me. Um, but yes, Mac. Okay. Um, he he doesn't like it, so he will just absolutely come up and grab me and flip me around and go, we're squashing this now. We're not going on with this anymore. Um, so he's the not-go-to-bed angry one, and you know, I'm just kind of like one of those, I like to be mad for a while. <laughs> but um, he actually put an end to that before we got married. He, he kind of laid down the it takes a He's got a long fuse, and uh, he... He pretty he flat out told me he said if you don't get your temper under control this isn't happening, and so that's one of the times he put his foot down. So I did. Go ahead. Uh, I came from a family I, I never saw my parents fight ever the entire time I lived there for twenty four years. Never one time did they raise their voice to each other. Now they told me later they had disagreements away from me and my brother, but never in front of us. Um, it's just not something I enjoy to doing. If we have a disagreement, it's probably over something very trivial, like why didn't you dry the towels when I asked you to, you know, and it's my fault. Sorry, I'll do better. Um, but, you know, we agree on a lot of things, like how to raise our children. We have the same philosophies and the same 
you know, things in mind that we want to do. We have the same goals with our finances that we want to do. Um, so, I mean, I'm not going to tell you we don't ever have just um, maybe because we're so busy with the kids, <laughs> but uh, but we just don't, you know. And like she said, when we do, I, I'm a guy, I got to fix it. You know, I got to fix it. I don't like it to go on very long. It's ridiculous. And so we just get it done. Let her scream at me if she needs to and, and get it over with. <laughs> Man. Hannah has a second thought. Talking, it made me think about this. I like don't want to reveal my weakness, but I'm someone who can really like get in my feels a lot and get kind of stuck there. And I wake up in a mood sometimes. And so I just want to say that it's okay once you've talked it out that you're still a little bit heated, still a little bit emotional. I can very logically say, okay, this is resolved, and still feel upset at Jacob. And I can look at him and say, I have no reason to be upset at you. This is irrational. Please. But I've learned how to say that. So. No. Oh. And I say, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Wise words. Wise words. And if you dream about him at night and he did something really stupid to tick you off, it's okay to be mad all day long. <laughs> And he will, he will text me or call me during the day. You do realize that was a dream, right? I'm like, yeah, but it's still in my head. That's really funny. Haley's had dreams before where I've done something, and she's like, been like, I can't be mad at you about it, but it was so weird. Like, yeah. So maybe that's, I don't know, like, dreams are strange things. Okay. All right. So uh, y'all really answered the next question pretty well. So I'm going to skip that one to the last question, and we'll be done with this. Uh, any other advice that you would give to college students about dating, marriage, and all things like that? Any more parting wisdom? Um, just when, you're, when you first meet that person and you, you know, fall in love with them and you respect them, uh, you've got to keep respecting them. I mean, that respect's got to stay there. And just don't stop dating each other, even when you get married. We have trouble with that with kids. And we have trouble just, you know, I, I couldn't even tell you how long it's been since... We've just been together just on a date or something, but it's something I'm trying to be more conscientious of and make more efforts, but especially the guys, y'all got to step up. Uh, but just don't stop dating your wife. Just don't do it. Um, I grew up with my mom being a huge, you know, women's liver, you know, like she doesn't cook. I don't cook at all. Um, that being said, I don't have a problem with submitting to him, not in the I'm going to obey, obey him type way, but, you know, it says that the husband should love the wife as Jesus loved the church. Does he do that as well as Jesus loved the church? No, of course not, but he does try his best, and so I'm okay with submitting to what he thinks or whatever. Um, but also, on the other hand, he does really respect me and respects my opinion, so... Um, and like I tell everybody when we go to a, um, a bridal shower or something, if you find somebody that is like having to spend the night party with your best friend every night, that's probably the one. I mean, and it's sounding so stupid. I know that, but I mean, we really just every night, it's like, we're just hanging out on the couch. We're just, you know, laying in the bed, watching TV is <laughs> Maxwell. Yeah, they do. Um, I mean, we just like being together. And so. If he ever goes somewhere separate from me or I do the same, you know, he's like, that was a good time, but, you know, it had been more fun if you had been there. So if you find that person, you got it. I was thinking uh, we've had uh, different times where 
men in our church have talked about being accountable to one another because quite honestly, when we were dating, uh, let's see, we didn't have phones. You had phones, but not in your pocket, right? We didn't have, we didn't, we didn't have the, the technology. We had party lines. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> but, but I think, oh, I know what, basically the best advice is, is that we were thinking, well, we didn't have all the things that, and I love having, you know, my phone now, you know, so I can keep up with, uh, you know, who was the last person that was on that TV show or something. But, um, you know, put down the devices when, when you can, right? And uh, let that be a time where you actually, you know, look eye to eye to, the, to that partner that you're, you're seeing or dating. Um, that reminds me, this, I guess this generation, whatever this generation is, is the last, well, we probably are the last ones without all the social media stuff. And it's terrifying, especially now that we have a 13-year-old daughter. Um, and he has told her over and over, if some guy texts you, make a phone call, he can drive over here, come to the house. Because it's just, it's terrifying what, we don't know what it's going to have, what kind of effect it's going to have on people when you get older. Because it's just... No, the kids don't know how to communicate. So when you meet somebody, don't just be Snapchatting and Instagramming and texting and sliding in DMs and all that mess. <laughs> what? <laughs> so, <laughs> so just talk to people. Like talk to them in person. Go to their house. You know, pick up the phone and just actually call them or something. <laughs> Honesty is a big deal in your relationship. Um, A big deal. I've had friends that would buy stuff and hide it from their husband. Laney's had friends who the guy would buy stuff and hide it from the wife. Um, I put on a pair of pants the other day that my daughter had given me last fall. And Lainey said, are those new? And I said, technically, no, because I've had them since last fall. But this is the first time I've worn them, so if I wanted to slip them by you, I could have said yes. Don't do that. Don't slip it by. That's not the way a marriage is built. Um, Trust is another thing. Lainey and I both worked jobs where when we left of a morning... Um, we were out most of the day. We didn't work a nine to five in an office. And so I could have told you in a 14 county area around Tuscaloosa where every payphone was because that was before cell phones. So I wasn't accessible to my husband, but there were, we trusted each other and that's a big thing. Trust your spouse. If you can't trust him, then he's not the person for you. If he's not honest with you, he's not the person for you. You need to be able to trust her, trust him, and know that what they tell, tell you are the tr- is the truth. So remember that. Um... 
it's all pretty while you're dating and it can change. So if you're seeing red flags when you're dating, they're red flags. They're there for a reason. And if you see a purple flag like you do at the beach, get out of the water. (laughs) Get out of the water, okay? Don't wait. Get out of the water then. Don't wait. You can't change somebody. God can. You can't. Remember that. Um, So two things real quick because it's past my bedtime. But I'm I'm serious. Um, But I think one thing that is good to keep in mind, um, and sometimes it can be lost when we're talking about, like, the practicalities of marriage and relationships, but marriage is intended to be a picture of the relationship between Christ and the church. And I think the more that we can focus on that relationship and the way that Christ pursues us and the way that um, we as individuals and we as the church hope to relate to Christ and draw near to Christ, I think it can really help prioritize and just refocus really what the purpose of this relationship is. And um, vice versa, like whenever our relationship is going amazingly and, um, you know, everything is sunshine and rainbows, it can really be a great reminder of what that relationship with Christ can be as well. So it can kind of help you draw um, near to both of those relationships. And then I think the other thing was just a cheesy thing I read on the internet the other day, but I really liked it. And it was that the grass is always greenest where you water it. I don't think that needs any explanation, so... Um, to the phone thing, we have an under, understood rule that when we're on a date, we keep our phones in our pockets so that we can pay attention to each other. Um, I've got a few things, so we're gonna go. We're gonna go rapid, rapid here. So you have to be like-minded with the person that you marry. You can't be a Christian and marry a non-Christian and it work out well. Um, you have to be willing to change about some things. Right, so Kyle's mentioned that we are always changing, we're always becoming different people. You can sacrifice on small things and not give up who you are in Christ or who you are fundamentally. So I think that when you're willing to do that, that shows that for a person that shows that you actually care about them and that's someone that you could marry. Um, to what I, I said earlier and what Brett said earlier about um, our dating relationships with our respective wives. And I guess the last thing would be there's not necessarily a perfect time to get married. So I could give you several examples, but there are a lot of people that I've known that have said, I'm never, I'm never going to find a spouse, my sister being one of them. And then within a year, they met the person that they married. So like, it doesn't matter with the way that you feel right now, like that will not, your feelings right now do not dictate your future. Um, there's not necessarily a, a like perfect life status to be in when you get married. Uh, I think we were at a really good point in our life, better now, because we're more established just in terms of our jobs and what we do. Um, but there are some, of, some people I know were really financially not super well off. They weren't stable when they got married, and it's been fine. So it's not like you have to wait to attain a certain status because if you're always pursuing the next milestone, 
then when when do you ever get to the thing that you're working towards? So I guess the same would, I don't know, I'm guessing here, because we, we're not at that stage in our life, I'm guessing the same thing is true for when you have kids. It's like there's not a perfect time. It's just, yeah. If, you, if you're always waiting until the perfect moment, you'll never get there. So don't, don't feel like you have to. But also don't be too, um, don't rush into it at the same time. Like, be thoughtful, be prayerful in that. That's it. Don't compare your marriage to everybody else's. Don't do it. Your relationship to God is, is an individual thing, and your relationship to your spouse is an individual thing. You cannot compare it. There's no way. Don't do it. Because you see the pretty side of marriage in somebody else's. Or you listen to somebody else talk about how bad their spouse is. And you start thinking, I see that in mine too. Don't do it. Don't do it. Remember, it's individual. God made you each one of us an individual. And we need to be. Love languages that you just briefly touched on, study your love language. I could care less. Well, I don't know about care less. Bringing me a monetary gift is not my love language. It's not. That's my love language. That's it. I'd rather have a hug, and I want several a day. But monetary gifts are not my love language. You've got to find out your spouse's love language. Oh, um, hold on. Yes, but I know. Like she was saying of how other people's marriages look a certain way, I know I've thrown out the word dance like a thousand times tonight, but that's just where we are in our lives. Um, my 13-year-old does not have Instagram because there are thousands of dancers on Instagram who look absolutely flawless. I can't have my 13-year-old looking at those and thinking, that's what I'm supposed to look like? I mean, it's a bad road. If, if you're looking, if it's kids looking at dance, if it's guys looking at, I don't know, whatever the equivalent to that would be, but it's the same as looking at other people's marriages. If you're on social media, it's, it's not true. Um, that's the highlight reel. And we did a Bible study about that. What was it, what was it called? Yeah. Yes, hashtag struggles. I would highly recommend y'all to do that as well. It's, it's all about how social media is affecting every one of us. Um, and what she was saying also, yeah, don't talk about your significant other to other people. Um, you're a team. You're not going to go bad-mouthing your teammate to somebody else. And there was one more thing that I was going to say, and I don't remember. Oh, um, if y'all are in a relationship and you're seeing red flags, like she was saying, Get out. Yeah. <laughs> if you, if girls, if y'all want to talk to me, guys, we want to talk to Brett, but I mean, at this point in my life, I'm in my late thirties and I've got, I think four or five friends that I can count just off the top of my head that ignored the red flags and they're in a, just a heap load of crap right now. Um, and it's heartbreaking some have kids. The kids are being pulled through the mud. I mean, we're talking court stuff and 
and just miserable marriages now. So if there are red flags and you want to know, is this something I should be concerned about? Ask somebody, talk to somebody. Don't, don't go down that road if you don't have to because it's, it's miserable. So something uh, like when you get married and you move into your, you know, home, whatever it may be, apartment, house, don't think that uh, you're supposed to have everything that you had when you were at home. Your parents spent many, many years accumulating that stuff, and that's what you're supposed to do. You're not supposed to just have it, and uh, don't try to keep up with the Joneses because the Joneses are broke. (laughs) They're in debt, and they're not happy. So anyway, that's that's probably the best advice I can give you because we tried to do that and it didn't work out. So we had the Dave Ramsey. So, man, hey, we all thank them for the wisdom they've given us tonight. Thank you all so much for being here. Um, but um, I do want to say that I know they may not be able to hang out too long tonight. Um, but uh, if at any point you know you've been like, man, I really want to hang out with the shoemakers and just get some wisdom um, from them, I'm gonna speak for them and say they would probably love to hang out with you. It, it'll be on their time schedule, you know, because they got kids that are dancing. So they you know, things to do. Um, but they would probably love to hang out with you, you know. And so if you want to, yeah, then the shoemates have a life group. You can go to their house and hang out with them every week. Noah's in their life group, you know. So, um, but yeah, just know that, I mean, they, these people go to church with you, you know, and part of the church community, Titus 2, depicts this beautiful picture of older generations pouring into younger generations and younger generations learning from older generations. In a okay boomer culture where we have this divide between, I, I know what those words mean, okay? In, in, a, in a cultural divide where we're, you know, looking to fight against each other and reject the wisdom of older generations, the church should be a beautiful picture of older generations investing in younger and younger respecting them. And that makes sense? Okay, sorry, I threw you off with that reference, okay? But you know what I mean, all right? So, you know, there is incredible wisdom, not just even in marriage, but in life up here in this panel and all in our church. Don't neglect it and, and uh, ignore and separate yourself from that wisdom by just living in a college bubble, all right? Part of our college ministry wants to help you get plugged in to the life of the church, all right? So with that, I wanna pray for us, and then uh, we'll be done. We'd love to see you guys on a Sunday morning here for table groups. And then y'all, we're eating Thanksgiving lunch after service. Don't forget about that. There will be so much food. Praise Jesus. Okay, so let's, let's pray. All right, Father, we thank you for tonight. I thank you for these married couples, Lord. And I've been so encouraged and challenged in my own marriage, Lord, hearing from them uh, the wisdom of uh, really collective decades of marriage. And Lord, I pray for, um, for their marriages that you continue to bless them and grow them in their love for each other and their witness as a picture of Christ and the church to others. I pray for the numerous future marriages and current marriages represented here with students, that you would bless those, that you would set them up well for success in the future that their marriages would be um, blessings to communities, to churches, to families, to generations and generations to come. Not not just for the sake of of an enjoyable life and a happy life, but really for the glory of Jesus Christ um, and his name to be lifted up in the world. We pray in Christ's name. Amen.